Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, my sister, Emmy-winning writer, producer, and actor, Lena Waithe, talks to me about growth, building community, and why representation matters. I met Lena over a decade ago when I first moved to LA. We were both in a similar place and making moves to get to the next level in our careers. While the Lena I met was focused on pursuing TV writing, God had a much, much bigger plan for her life. I'm grateful to represent a certain quadrant or group of black women that oftentimes don't get represented or we aren't seen. So that's the thing. I didn't want to be on camera because that wasn't like something I needed. But then I realized, oh, it was needed though. That was needed. I didn't know that I needed to be on screen. Sister, welcome to the pod. Well, why do you always call it the pod? <laughs> Doesn't everyone call their podcast the pod? Is it just me? <laughs> I, you. I mean, it is. You know, but it's funny you say that. I do always call it the pod. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I have this to do for the pod or this. I mean, saying trials to triumphs every time is, a, it's. I mean, no. who's saying that? Like that would be like my podcast. But that's what you, we shorten things. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a shortener for sure. <laughs> Welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I love you. You're my sister. I've known you for 4,000 kajillion bazillion years. Okay, well, uh, you want to be accurate and say how long? Well, no, no, no. Cause that's my next question. So we start the podcast, all episodes. I like to ask my guest, how did we meet? So why don't you tell the story of how and when we met? If you're, I, I wonder if we have the same story actually. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to think. Was it was it a table read? Nope. Eh. <laughs> I remember it so vividly. Shut it's up. impossible to forget. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like, but somebody introduced us though. Is that correct? Or am I making that up? Mm, nope. You you introduced yourself to me. Yep. We were, just, at, we were at, we were at a mutual, 
See, you're trying to like trick me. <laughs> okay, so we were at a mutual friend. Whose house was it? it? No, it was it was a Christmas party. It wasn't at a house though. It was like a gathering, like at a at a at a space, a lounge or something like that. What? Lena, okay. would you like for me to just tell the story? Because now you know threw me at lounge. I thought we met at somebody's house. But no, girl, someone. Yes, we so we did technically meet through somebody. So it was Damn. the winter of twenty. I'm not you saying the winter of. <laughs> it was the winter of twenty. I moved here in twenty ten, and Cody wow. Elaine Brooks. Shout out to Founders Day, who is my profile, my AKA profile. She. You just yeah. had lunch with her. Yes. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, shout out to Cody. Love Cody. Um, you I already knew that. Cody. I knew Cody, obviously, from Howard and AKA Life. She was having a holiday party. What for exactly? I'm not, maybe it just was to get people together. Maybe it was a mixer. I don't know. It was 14. Yeah. 13, this was 13 years ago. And um, I remember you came up to me. I'm just like, you know, I'm 23 years old. I was probably 23 at this point. I'm just hanging, you know, whatever. And you walked up to me and were like, what's your name? And I was like, ah. I was like, my name's Ashley Blaine Featherston. You were like, oh, you're a three namer. And I was like, I am. And you were like, has anyone ever told you you look like Kelly Rowland? And I was like, yes, actually, I've gotten that many times. And you were like, that's what's up. And we just started talking like for the rest of the night. And truly, we have been friends ever since. It, yeah. I wish it were more of a story. I wish something crazy happened. But I feel like from that day, we exchanged numbers and we were instantly sisters and we really never looked back. But it was it was a random encounter at an event that Cody had in almost probably 13 years ago. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. That is so, that's some God stuff happening. Yeah. Fact, I had lunch with Cody today. That is so crazy that's yeah. insane i mean that but that's very connected crazy she'll love that yeah wow. oh we met okay i i'm not surprised by that interaction no yeah. it was it's very lena and it's very ashley like i mean it's very ashley. but i remember at that time i think what's so cool when i look back i mean again it's been 13 years whatever but when i look back in so many ways we are exactly the same people we were, I think what connected us at that time, even not really knowing each other was just, 
we knew we were dreamers in the same way. We knew that we were black folks trying to uplift black people in the same way. We knew that we were people that were relentlessly going after our dreams. And I think that there's this common misconception that everybody in LA has kind of the same goal, right? I think everyone here wants to achieve something, but what's behind wanting to achieve something or how people are going about achieving something is different. And I think that's how you find your people, right? You find your people that are like, for lack of a better term, about it in the same way. And you and I were and are in the same way. And I think, you know, that kind of um, just connected us. I want to start with some icebreaker questions, just for some fun. What do you want? What's a major lesson you would say that you've learned recently? I feel like we we learn lessons all the time, sometimes big, sometimes small. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you really think about it, lessons come often. So I want to know what's a recent one that that you're you're clocking in your brain and, and keeping for for future. Um that being a good person doesn't prevent bad things from happening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's life. Life is going life. I don't think people think sometimes if you're a good person, you have this interesting contract with the universe. Like if I do good things, if I do the right things, if I say the right things, if I be you know good at all the things, then only good will come. Hmm. Like, no, nobody has that contract. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and, you know, I just read this book, uh, Think You'll Be Happy, Nicole Avant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. Yeah. I recommend people checking that out. I think, and that might be, you know, like just read it. So I think that's something that, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of lessons in there, you know, obviously. And hard lessons. But, you know, when I reached out to her, I said, this is a really, really beautiful way of looking at the world in terms of, you know, it doesn't matter how much good you do in the world, you you know, you have to, you know, I don't want to say always be prepared because you can't be, you know, that's also bad things never happen at a good time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then also, and then in a big thing for me, like I, it's so interesting because Cree Summer uh, and I hung out, as people know. But she said to me, her religion is being present. Mm. Like that is like if you're present, it solves all things. That's so great. And I was like, for me, a big word that comes up is balance. In mm. that, I'm a big believer in if things are going really good for a while. You know, you may you may stumble soon, and if you've been like in such a dark time for a long time, mm. our light's gonna be around the corner. Yeah, it's just like I literally like every I was telling somebody with every you know end of New Year's you know New Year's Eve or whatever which we just recently come with come from like New Year's Day and stuff. There's always this thing people I mean can go in like about what they learned over the years and the year that year and all that kind of stuff, but. For me, I'm like, I'm always finding a new way to say some good stuff happened, some bad stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. It's like, I literally just find new ways to say the same thing. Yeah. That's what and some people may say, oh, no, this year was this year was hard. So many bad things. But then it's like, but if you really ask that person and say, okay, 
But what are some cool things that happen? What are some good movies? They're going to have some things. They're going to say, well, you know, this did happen, and I did get that, and da, da, da. And they may say, well, it wasn't equal. It wasn't balanced, maybe. But you can't say there wasn't some joy or some good in the mm-hmm. year. Yeah. You got to acknowledge that, you know, as well as you acknowledge some of the dark times. Yeah. I, I think ultimately that's the goal of living a harmonious life is mm-hmm. understanding and not only understanding Lena, but appreciating the balance. I think mm-hmm. that you can understand that there's like the yin and the yang, right? Or there's the good and the bad, there's the dark and the light. But if you can't appreciate it, just knowing it isn't enough, you have to know, like the only way I can get through the hard times is just what you said. It's knowing that trouble don't last always. It can't. So there's got to be something on the other side of this. You know, I'm in a tough season. Seasons change. They change every year. The leaves are not always falling. Sometimes, you know, it's spring and things are blooming. Like, so I've honestly been like really being really mindful of nature because nature reminds you of what's happening in your own life. You know, it's it you, you have to if you just look outside, you're like, oh, but there's going to be a time that there's like flowers back on this bush. That's really yeah. cool. If that can happen to this bush, it can happen to me too. And and I think that to me is what like when, when Chris said present, mm. I say okay, for me, I think it's balance. Like I, and and it's about embracing it, understanding it. And um and Young Pueblo has a really good like at least I don't know if he says this in the book the way forward, but he talks about not allowing life to toss you around. You know, mm. but. Just, and know that life is going to happen around you because that's the thing is if you really talk to a lot of people sometimes you can feel them being like yo like <laughs> a big popular phrase now is life is lifing mm-hmm. yes how you do life is lifing and mm-hmm. you hear it a lot and you know what yeah. it means okay and, <laughs> and i think that that's kind of what what i'm saying is like life is always going to life always it's, it's a matter of like where do we it that goes back to nicole think you'll be happy yeah. Or when you're in it, you know, try to, it's in that, and you hate the idea of like, try to be positive when things are bad. I'm not necessarily a believer in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to be like, you know what? It's a little tough right now and it sucks and I hate it and I don't really know what the lesson is in it. Um, but then when you come out of it and you step back from it, then you kind of go, okay, you know what? All right. I'm kind of glad I went through that because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a new person because of it, different person because of it. It doesn't always mean better either. It'd be different. Yeah. Okay, Lena, take me to the beginning. What did Chicago give you? Um, I think Chicago really gave me, <laughs> I think my personality, you know, to hmm. be honest, in terms of, because Chicago is very much a city, obviously, but it also feels like in some place, like a small town. And so I think when it, it, it has, and also depending on where you are, if you're downtown Chicago, you can really feel you. It's almost like, oh man, the, the car's zipping by and a lot of people and all that kind of stuff. But if you then venture to like the south side of Chicago or like especially the neighborhood in which I grew up, where it's just like, you know, rows of houses on a small street, it can just really feel like a community. And I think that is, that's, but I'm both sides of that. I'm very much a city person mm. and that I move fast, I talk fast, I'm, you know, you know, quick. But then I also am a person that 
likes to build community. Now like we were talking about in the beginning um, because that's what my neighborhood was. It was very mm. much a community. And so uh, because I grew up in my grandmother's house and, and a lot of people in that block, elderly black folks who had adult children whose children were living with them. And so mm. there was a few houses. I wasn't the only kid living in the three generational house. There's a lot of kids on the block like that. And so we kind of have this old school upbringing a little bit because we got our grandparents in there mm -hmm. them, and then our parents who are a little bit less uh strict um but and then we are trying to find our own voices and so i think that that really being in chicago in that way uh and also going to college there went to columbia college in chicago which is located really in the downtown area of chicago um I kind of got that feel too of being in the city and um, and then going back to my small community again. So I think that that's, and I think even my work is a reflection of that is that you can feel the community in it, but you can also hopefully feel sometimes the fast pacedness of the, of the work too, which is the Very city. much so. And mm -hmm. I love that you highlighted that you grew up in a multi-generational home. That was very much a thing of that time. You know what I mean? Like a lot of families were doing that. And even before that, like I know my mom talks a lot about like her family growing up, they all had this big like compound in North Carolina called Happy Hill. And it was like aunts and cousins and grandparents and whatever. They all lived together and they all worked together and went to school together, you know, whatever. Um, and to me, that that is so different from how I grew up. But for my mom, it was it it was very much so normal for her growing up. But I want to know, you know, growing up in the same house as your mother and your grandmother, looking back, what would you say um, is a lesson or like some really beautiful wisdom that your grandmother imparted upon you as a young child? Because she wasn't that kind of grandmother. She like, that mm. was not that poetic. It's a little bit more blunt. And I think that's why I have that person, this person. I was, like, I'm trying to think, what was she... Or something you just got from her. Like, I mean, it could even be that. Well, I think it was sort of, she was a grandmother that smoked cigarettes <laughs> and drank highballs, as she would call them, which is like rum and coke, but she called them highballs. Yes, and okay. Sat in the bed and like watched television. She would watch her stories, like Lifetime movies, mm -hmm. judge, judge shows. She loved judge shows and stuff. So she really was... A person from Arkansas moved to Chicago when she was 17 and traveled a ton, had three kids, and did not let that stop her from living her life. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, could cook like crazy and just, she was just very much, I think I get a lot of my personality from her too, in terms of she, could be nosy, but mind her own business. <laughs> yeah. And very much liked being in her house. So mm. being in her home. She died in her home. Mm. Which is important. Like she did not, so she was very much about, because she, you know, raised three kids, raised three kids and two grandkids in that house. And, um, and even like, you know, on the awning, I wanted to do it, I had the H on it for Hall, the Hall family. Like, mm. it was, because she was a hall and married a hall. Not that kind of Oh, wow. Interesting. Cool. She got to keep it. Yeah, yeah. So it was Tressie <laughs> K. Hall. So she wouldn't like say, 
granddaughter when you this and that. She would just her big thing was like, do not try hard drugs. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> right. So it's stuff like that. Like don't yeah. try hard. If somebody ever hits you, leave and don't come back. Like just it was like mm. very matter of fact uh advice. Wash behind your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, such a weird, like, like you know, I was getting like a soap, like tattoo back here as mm. like a. So those are the things. Wash behind your ears. Don't try hard drugs. And somebody hits you once, leave and don't come back. Mm. And then that kind of stuff, like yeah. And so it's, it's, advice was like, okay, thank you. But I mean, like eight. Yeah. <laughs> so it's also my mom was like, what? Like she took me to go see a Time to Kill. I'm like seven. My mom was like, yes, wow, the ideal. And so of course I wake up and they have a nightmare. So my of like, course, I was like, she thinks the KKK, the KKK is trying to come get her. I'm like, I'm not because we went to go see a time to kill. I'm like, you took her to go see a time to kill. I just will never forget. Like that's also the thing about having a grandparent watch a young kid. They're sort of like, come on, we're gonna see this movie. Mississippi. You doing okay. what I'm doing? Yeah. It was like Mississippi burning, a time to kill. Wow. Seeing like, like at nine, you know, my mom was like, it's, it's too, like, she's gonna not be able to. So that's the interesting thing. Like I really was exposed to these movies because my grandmother, mm. who you would think, you lived it, like you, why you wanna, but I don't know. She just was like, look, it happened. That's what was going on. And uh, there's a reason I moved to Chicago when I was 17. So, <laughs> you know. Okay. So what a wrong with the answer but that's that's kind of no 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 i get that that makes a lot of sense and 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 a lot of what you um described explains you a lot more actually for me it does actually i mean if if this woman i'm talking to right now was watching a time to kill at nine then you make perfect sense now and it all it all makes perfect sense it all tracks it all tracks samuel jackson yeah shout out to sam yeah summer The best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. Okay, talk to me about your mom. Looking back at your childhood, especially, um, what are you most grateful for um, that your mom, just from your relationship with your mom? I mean, the big thing for me is the schools that I went Mm. to. Mm, It's big. Um, There's also a preschool, too that I went to that also was really amazing and great. I know people are like, what? But it was like this very specific like preschool that was like in this building that I can't remember the name of right now, but it was like a very special place for me to be a kid. Uh, but then Turner Drew Academy, 
um, it was like a magnet school or something uh, that she found and we went there and it was really cool because we had um, there were really great black teachers there, which was really important and really cool and just a really great student body and just great faculty. And then I went to shoot middle school, C-H-U-T-E, middle school in Evanston, which was, which was also super interesting to me because I never even heard of that. And it was like, oh, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And so it was just really, you know, formative time. And to be at that school was really great, really great teachers there as well. And then obviously I was transferred over into Evanston Township High School, which was like a game changer. And like me being there, just being exposed to so many different types of kids, like um, not just ethnic backgrounds, but like uh, economic backgrounds as well. And mm. so I was exposed to kids that had more than I did, but and not in a way that made me feel less than, um, it was, but also a big thing for me to understand that, oh, so you got two parents at home. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. so it was sort of like, I kind of realized, oh, okay, got it. I'm different in certain ways and things like that, but not less than anybody. It's just, this is what my family looks like. My family consists of my mother, myself, my older sister, and you got mom and dad and, you know, two siblings. Okay. Got it. And it was just more like, oh, we're different in that way. Not better or worse. We just, we just have different experiences, um, but we can still be friends and get mm -hmm. to know each other from each other, which is cool. And then um, she was supportive of me. She kind of wanted me to leave the city to go to college. Um, I wasn't really ready for that. Um, but I really wanted to go to Columbia College because you could major in television and writing mm. uh, and stuff like that. And so that was really interesting to me, which I'm really grateful for that she supported that because then I did the semester in LA, which got me to, to Los Angeles in 2005 and in 2006. And I mm -hmm. stayed. So a big thing was like, it was such a specific journey um, in terms of the schools that I was at that really exposed me to um, different kids. And I think it's a big reason why I am able to maneuver in the business. And, you know, it's it's interesting because me vibing with Aziz, I'm sorry, is something that is not, it's like, it's not, it's not odd to me. It's not weird. It's like, yeah, what's up? What's up, man? Like, and people just feel like just believing us as friends because like we just, we just click because I don't see a lot of difference in here. I see the things we have in common. Yeah. Um, uh, which is what I think is the reason people kind of believe us as friends. We are friends. I mean, we just texted, but you know, we played friends, but it wasn't hard to play because I, I just being around people with different cultures and different ethnic backgrounds was never, you know, it, it was just very normal, very natural to me. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's a very important, you know, the, I think a, a big part of a, a part of the role of a parent is, um, you know, a focus on education and building your child's community. And, you know, it's important because those formative years are, are so important for shaping who they will be as an adult. So I think because of like what you said, because of the the schools that your mom was intentional in making sure you went to and knowing the types of people you would be around and diversifying your community, it made it so that you could come to a place like Los Angeles where, it, you know, everybody's out here and, and be able to vibe with people on your similarities and not just focus on your differences. Because I think ultimately, if you're only thinking about differences, then, you're going, you're moving away from people, not toward people. So right. you were you know, definitely, so I, yeah. Yeah. I would say too, when I, in my neighborhood, it was all black, you know, that is just the truth. Mm -hmm. it was so, um, and, and so, and, you know, watch a rainbow push coalition on Saturday. Like it was just like, 
it was very that. And so I think maybe, I think she also was like, I need to diversify your experience because it was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really see white people. That's just yeah. the truth. <laughs> um, and, and I think she was picking up on that a little bit. Or if I did see them, they were like in a time to kill. And so I think it was just like, <laughs> you need to, uh, you know, you're a little, you're in a, a a beautiful black bubble, if we will. And that was great. But I think she also was like, you got to, you know, kind of get out in the world a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I look to you as someone who, I mean, you are community. So much of my community is community that you introduced me to. And it's a, it's, I was going to say it's a passion of yours, but <laughs> then I was like, but, but it kind of is though. I do think a passion of yours is like building, building community and connecting good people and seeing what can come from that and helping to support that in any ways you can. And, and I think that it shows, you know what I mean? But yeah, at first I was like passion seems, but no, I do. I do think it's something that like is part, it, it, it fuels you in a way and it's genuine. It's, it's so genuine. Like you, from the moment we met, you were trying to introduce me to people. I had just met you and you were like, you got to know this person. You got to know that person. I think this person would be a great friend for you. And look at us now, <laughs> you know? I, I know it's kind of crazy. I mean, I think, um, you know, and I think I get that from our grandmother as mm -hmm. well. She, she would host, well, everybody would take turns, but they would do block club meetings. And stuff. You said block? And What's that? Block. Oh, like on the block, like the block. Oh, got block. it. Okay. And yeah. so that, <laughs> and so she would, you know, I'm her hosting those or hosting poker nights with a big poker player. She would host poker nights at the house. And so it was, I think I definitely saw that a lot. Like her letting people come to the crib, you know, play cards to eat food, mm -hmm. um, to, to commune. And so I think it was just very, obviously I'm a young kid, like kind of, you know, witnessing, like kind of watching. And, and I think, so it's, it's really cool to be an adult now and to do that in my own way. I know, <laughs> but we've always done it. Like it's, we've always done it and it's amazing. Like, I'm just really grateful for it. No, me too. Leans, I want to ask you. Okay, so you know when I met you, you were like, I remember you just so, you were in the season of your career where you just wanted to be a staff writer, which is like, looking back, it's like. <laughs> Did I have a career? Or we... You had a career. You were writing, I think, on how, or you were on How to Rock. I was? Okay. Or you were about okay. to be one of the two. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, but I remember, like, I remember, for example, when you first got bones and I remember we visited your office and we were like, Lita, you saw in Casey today too. Well, via Zoom. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, shout out to Nkeche. Like, wow. A creator of found. A creator of found, all America, all, all, all the things, all the things that you yeah. like, she's created. Um, yeah. but. I remember us visiting you on the lot and you being like, yeah, y'all, like, look at my office. And we're like, whoa, you have an office. It was like a cute, like us, the tiniest office ever. Well, I didn't think I even wrote in there. It's nuts. But you worked really hard to get there. But what, what I want to ask you about is because I obviously I know that you're on all the podcasts, all the shows talking about the whole rundown of your career, which is beautiful and amazing. But what I want to know is like, 
I think a lot of people feel like, I know I felt like this, like you're in a box. I don't feel like this now because I've worked through it. But I think a lot of times artists feel like they're boxed in. They they pick a thing that they want to do. They're going mm-hmm. after it and they feel like once they might maybe get some sort of success in it, that they're boxed in. But for you, what I think, what not what I think, what I know we saw happen is that you had a goal of being a writer. You really, and mm-hmm. you wanted to be a damn good writer. And of course you wanted to eventually have your own shows. But what's happened is that your career has bloomed into so many different things that are for sure outside of the box that you maybe initially put yourself in. And we're going to be happy being in too, might I add. You would have been happy I think, just totally like writing, creating stuff and going about your day. So what I want to know is what did it or what does it actually feel like to be to have these opportunities that are coming to you that aren't necessarily what you intended but that maybe instinctively you knew that you should go after and ultimately it it's transformed your life and your career i mean we can talk about master of none like you had no intentions of acting like i remember you being like guys guys i don't do this and we were like yeah lena we know what are you going to do you're like i mean i guess i'm going to give it a shot so just talk to me about that season in your life. And then ultimately, now that you're years into being the multi, multi, multi hyphenate, what does it feel like now? Um, you know, I think it look, it's very true. I did not visualize myself being on camera. That's just not something <laughs> I thought about. Um, yeah, but I really want to be a really, really strong television writer. But, you know, God works in, in God's way and, and, and has a way of, you know, showing you the God vision that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, you know, I, my love of TV, uh, I think got me there because I done a pilot presentation twenties, which you, you recall you're in that. And so, uh, Allison Jones, the casting director saw that and, and people, people like wrote about it and it gotten some buzz and stuff. And so, I was trying to do what Justin did with your white people with, with that trailer, you know, um, to try to get my thing going, which Justin directed the 20s pilot presentation mm-hmm. as well. Um, Justin Simeon, shout out to Justin. So yes. I put that out there and Allison Jones saw it and it just had she's asked to meet me. And I didn't really understand why, but she was like, yo, talk to me about this. Like, what is this? And I said, it's just this show idea I have, you know, kind of loosely based on me. And she's like, okay, that's interesting. And we just talked about TV. She is an iconic casting director. Yes. Like she cast Bridesmaids, the like I'm just, you know, freaks and geeks. Like she's began many a career and, and I'm honored to be um in that that camp. But you know, we just we just talked about television and that was it. I, I didn't really think anything of it. And then fast forward, she's casting this show for Aziz that doesn't even have a title. And <laughs> and he says, um, look. Before I audition people, can you just send me interesting people to talk to? Mm-hmm. And if they're, and then we'll talk, and then based on that, I'll see if I want to read with them. And it is by the grace of God. Allison Jones said, "Oh, you should meet Lena Way. She's interesting." And that's I went, and then I got a call to go meet Aziz Ansari, and I thought, "I'm like, oh great, maybe I'm writing for it." But it's kind <laughs> of this. So then I go, I sit down, and I talk to, to Aziz Ansari, and I talk to Alan Yang in Aziz's living room. I'll never forget it. And I just told myself, 
mm-hmm. you know, and I think I, which I've been doing writing staff meetings for so long. That's kind of how I treated it. You know, even though they hadn't read a sample, they would just want to know who I was. And so I was like, all right, so I was talking to them. Um, I just fallen in love and I was talking to them about that. And, um, and I was just unapologetically myself. Yeah. And walked out the, the, the house. And of course I got a call that Aziz wanted to read with me. And I, I and then, then I went to Allison Jones's office and read with him and you could just, it was instant. You could feel mm-hmm. like, something and, um, and we just were like, okay. And they did the thing you're not supposed to do. Like they were laughing at my ad libs and, and, you know, enjoying it too much. Cause I was like, they not supposed to really give away, like if they like you or not, or they just like, <laughs> they just like, this is great. And, and then, yeah, and then I got to test, um, which was crazy. And they did something really cool was that they, and I, and I always give Aziz and Alan this credit. They had me test with someone who was a white straight girl. Mm. And it was kind of, to me, my thought, thought process was if this is 1998 and this is an NBC pilot, the white straight girl gets the part. Mm. But this is Netflix. It's a new day. The character of Denise was supposed to be a love interest for Aziz eventually, a friend that becomes a love interest. Um, and so he was like, but this is so much more interesting. Yeah. You know? Okay. He's like, yeah, so you want to play, want to play the character? Because the character was still straight when I was reading it. So I was having fun with that. And he was like, let's just make her lesbian. I'm like, that would be. <laughs> I'd appreciate that, you guys. Thank you so much. And he's like, okay. And we didn't even know in that conversation that, you know, we would ultimately really change our lives, you know, for the second season of the show. Um, yeah. You know, when they casually asked me in the writer's room, so how'd you come out? What was that like? I was like, well, you know, and then there, and here comes my grandmother, and here comes my mother, and mm. we talked about what that was like coming out to them. Even though I didn't come out to my grandmother, technically, came out to my mom, but, you know, my mom and her friends, you know what I'm saying? And it, which was also yes. real, you know, like, you know, talking to my mom's friends and stuff. And, you know, and then thus the Thanksgiving episode was born, which, you know, which it just, it just was such a whirlwind and such a beautiful thing. And and I think that's why to me, I'm so excited when I see about the community again, to see Quinta come do her thing, to see Io come do her mm-hmm. thing. It's like, I remember those times where you're just like, yo, yes, I'm a voice. I'm here. I'm unique. I'm different. I'm not like every, you know, and, and Issa also want to give Issa some love, like showing yes. people what, how different, how di- you know, think about it, like Issa Rae, Quinta Brunson, myself, Io's amazing. Like, you know, like how we're all different black girls, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm so excited about is people, and, this, and the list goes on and on. You, you're different. You know, and Nia Jervier, a Courtney Sauls, like we all have something different to offer. Yeah. And I'm grateful to, to, you know, to represent a certain quadrant or group of black women that oftentimes don't get represented or we aren't seen. Um, so, so that's the thing. I didn't want to be on camera. Cause that wasn't like something I needed, but then I realized, oh, it was needed though. Mm-hmm. That was needed. I didn't know that I needed to be on screen. People always ask you, Netflix, strong black lead. When's the first time you saw yourself on TV? When I saw myself <laughs> on TV. <laughs> yeah, and and like you said, it was a part of the bigger God dream. God said, oh, yeah. "You have to be here. This is I need you to be here, and this is your end to get here. It's not the end you might have thought it was going to be." You didn't submit a writing sample. No, no, you're testing and auditioning with homegirl, the white girl that was opposite you, whatever. And mm. 
but I'm taking you somewhere so that you can keep doing what I sent you here to do. And what's crazy is like, I was nervous about it because I also, I sold the shy at the time, but they, they waited for me to go do the show and come back. Cause David Nevins was very smart. He was like, well, look, go do the show, get famous. Mm-hmm. And then we'll put- he already knew he wanted to do the shy, but it was just, I had, they had to wait, I had to go do that, but and then come back and, and do, and, and do the show. But I just knew, I was like, this is, I don't know what this is. Obviously it's very early days for Netflix, Aziz, you know, but I loved him on Parks and Rec and, you know, him and Alan weren't tried and true yet. This was their first time doing this, but I just really believed in it. And I was like, yeah, I'm game. Let's go. And it was one of the, it still continues to be one of the great, you know, three yeah. seasons, just, just pure creativity. And obviously really, you know, Aziz really handed me the ball season three and, um, and it's just been such a wonderful ride. Lena, what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Um, is that my, (laughs) it's kind of obvious I am who I am because of my upbringing, basically, Mm -hmm. which is like, and I mean, in terms of not just the city, but I think my grandmother, my mom, the schools, I want to give the schools credit, teachers as well, like that, even though it seems obvious, because you're, you're like, how did you become this? It's like, I am a product of the people that reared me. Definitely. My my takeaway from our conversation today is that it's really cool to grow up. Like, I feel really grateful to be sitting here with you in 2024 on the pod or on my Proud podcast. <laughs> Proud of you working in uh, you know, I'm also doing something that it wasn't a dream. I said, I, I, when you met me, I didn't have the dream of having a podcast. We should, have we should have been on that. I know, but but the point is, like, it tracks. Of course, this is what I'm doing, right? Like, if you you know me, of of like this makes sense. But it's grateful, or I'm grateful rather, to have that conversation with someone who's known me for so long and knows and appreciates and honors the journey just like I do yours and yeah. it's for me I'm always grateful for the people that remind me of how far I've come um mm-hmm. and who keep reminding me of where of of how much further I have to go uh yeah. and so I just love you I honor you I thank you and I'm uh, so grateful for um being able to grow up together honestly yeah. I feel like we've grown up together in LA and it's a blessing and still growing up too. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so I'm proud, proud of you, Lena. I'm so proud of you, Ash. Like we made it. We did it. Yeah. You know? We're doing still- it. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producer is Fatima Al-Swiffy. Shanice Tindall is our lead producer. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one.
Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com.